Welcome back to another episode of the Cody Tucker Show. As always, I am your host, Cody Tucker. Today, I am joined by a very special guest, the saint of sexuality, Miss Ariel Aquinas. Or Aquinas, maybe. <laughs> or Aquinas. Or, or yeah. Aquinas. I'm <laughs> scratching Aquinas. It ain't <laughs> It's Aquinas or Aquinas. But yeah, so did not make the connection to, is it Saint? St. Thomas, Thomas. St. Thomas yeah. Aquinas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit of a philosophy nerd. Are not. you? A little bit, little bit. So, I mean, obviously you're a little bit into philosophy, at least if you're drawn on a dude, like a 700 yeah. year old saint. <laughs> yeah, that's what I went to college for was philosophy okay. with a minor in religious studies. So. Really? Okay. Yeah. So he was my, he was my favorite and so I was, um, I was just the Reverend Ariel for years and years. Uh, mm -hmm. That's why, like, all my social media is Rev Ariel because I was ordained when I was eighteen. Yeah. And um, then when I like really started to do porn and was like doing more mainstream scenes, my mm -hmm. agent was like, "You need a different name. The Reverend is too scary. Like, it's intimidating. You need like a normal." porn like first name last name yeah and so i was like oh no like uh, you know and also like <laughs> facebook at the same time was being like you can't have a fake name you have to have a first name last name yeah and so yeah. i was like okay like who who could i be i don't know and i think the first name that i went with on facebook was like ariel bonaventure saint bonaventure is a different guy right and then right. i was like no, like I kind of want to do the porn alliteration thing. That's and, the way to go. Yeah, it's sure. the way to go. So yeah. I was like, okay, well, you know, Aquinas, that's the, he's my favorite, you know, yeah. like, let's go with that. Cause he's, you know, he was of the time. He was the more like positive, you know, like as opposed mm. to Augustine, you know, yeah, who was like yeah, very yeah. gloomy. Uh, so that's who, that's who I went with. And it was, yeah. so, you'll appreciate this. So okay. like people, don't make that connection very often because they just you know they wouldn't think a porn star would know even though there are multiple <laughs> porn stars with yeah. philosopher names Locke mm -hmm. and Sartre and stuff but uh so one time a producer messaged my agent at the time and they were like you know oh like is her name like the saint and he was like no it's a mermaid thing because she's Ariel, so it's like Aquarius. Yeah. And I was like, you made me seem like such a doofus. Why would yeah. you say that? Like, That's crazy. No. Well, there is something of like, I don't know. I mean, I, this is going to sound crazy, but it, I think it's true of like wanting women in porn to have zero chance of being like intelligent. I mean, yes. I'm not saying that's how it like always is. But I think there's something too intimidating and to where like it's a put off, which is ridiculous to me. I mean, I'm the opposite. Like, Well, it also, I think, makes some men feel guilty if they like imagine that I have autonomy and intelligence. Like it makes them feel bad to jerk off <laughs> yeah. to me, you know, if I'm a real person, which always yeah. like made me so confused because like I can objectify men all day long. And still Same. recognize that they're people, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't get that disconnect, but I mean, there there really is a severe disconnect to the point where like, you know, back when I used dating apps, I could tell when somebody had like looked me up or when they had like found uh, my content because we'd be having a normal conversation, just talking, you know, like regular mm -hmm. people. And then all of a sudden, the way they spoke to me would completely change. And like how, I, how so? Like in a, I mean, obviously I would think in a negative way. Yeah. Well, and it just, it would go from like, you know, like, oh, like what kind of restaurants do you like to go to, to all of a sudden? So like, are you into anal? Oh, are, yeah, do yeah, you yeah. like huge dicks? And I'd be like, <laughs> where the fuck did that come from? And, you know, no. and then I'd be like, oh, you know, you, you looked me up. And so all that switch flipped and I'm not a person anymore now, you know, like yeah, I'm yeah. the, I'm the whole, you know? Right. And so right. I'd tell them, I'm like, okay, if you're going to start acting like a fan, I'm going to start treating you like a fan. And so, you know, That's... then I'd be like, well, cool. You can look me up here, you know? And they'd be like, 
what do you mean? You know, like, and I'd be like, well, you're, you're being a fan right now. And, you know, one of the most common things is guys would be like, oh, you know, like I looked you up and I'd be like, cool. Then you don't need to see it in person. Bye. You know, like that's a great way of handling it. Like I was, I was going to fuck you and now you ruined it. (laughs) God, that would have to be devastating. I mean, like if I was that dude, I'd be like, I mean, life over this, uh, like, but again, but, but not unwarranted because. Yeah. All he had to do was just like a human, you know, just don't talk yet. And like, you can ask any woman, we'll say the same thing. My body count would be so much higher if dudes would just not talk for like five minutes, but they always like ruin, like they they'll have it in the bag and then ruin it for themselves. Cause I just gotta say like that one extra thing. And it's like, you know, <laughs> I have been in that situation a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, I'm luckily, I think a little reformed now to where like, I kind of, you know, I can read the room a little better if that yeah. makes sense. But there was definitely, I mean, I'm still pretty young. Like I'm only 29, even though, oh, you know, baby. well, <laughs> trust me in the, in every other way possible, things are going to shit. So I feel like I'm about 70. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's goddamn. (laughs) Like the amount of popping and cracking that happens on a daily basis. Like, I, geez, I feel like I was in the Great Depression or something. Like, like, oh my God. People will be like, oh my God, I can't believe that you're almost 35. And I'll be like, well, wait until my knees crack when I'm squatting on the dick, and then you'll know. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, my, my whole body hurts that, you know, they say like, you're only as old as you feel. And I'm like, well, I feel about 85. So Ex- exactly, exactly. <laughs> like I'm already starting to get a ton of like gray hair and oh, like, yeah. it's, I mean, it is, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, I've lived a, um, let's just say a rough lifestyle, which well, we, now things are, we, ha- we live in stressful times in general. Holy like hell. everything is a problem all the time. So oh, yeah. how can like, you not, you know? Like when I talk to my parents or like grandparents, like anybody like a decently older, I mean, their lives were so much less stressful. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's like, yeah, of course, like you aren't like, you don't have crippling anxiety. <laughs> like yeah. When you bought a house, it was $7,000. <laughs> like, well, and I was talking to my husband about this yesterday, how mm-hmm. I think part of the problem is, is that we get information constantly all day long we're getting like bad news and so like back in the day you know you're getting a piece of bad news every once in a while you know the big events that's what you're learning about we're learning about a life-altering thing like every five fucking seconds yeah like no a hundred percent so stressful all the time there is something about just like an endless stream of information is not good yeah. I mean, I mean, it definitely, there are probably some upsides to, there's upsides to having the potential for it, if that makes right. sense. Like to be able to know that, like, if I want to find something out, I can immediately. But there's something so addicting about like gaining knowledge and gaining information to where you're just like, I need to keep finding out. And I, and like, I have to find out before everyone else. Like, <laughs> I want to be the person. I have a weird thing that is god i don't like admitting this but i have this like pride in being the person to find out before everyone when yeah. a celebrity dies oh and being my able, god. i know and being able to like be like oh my god okay okay and then texting everyone i know to be like did you hear and ruining something? their day <laughs> yeah i don't think about it like that but you're probably right but like there's something about just being the guy who gets to tell the information. Right, yeah. I mean, it's not good. Like I remember when Michael Jackson died, like the first like within 5 seconds, I had to make sure that I had texted everyone before they found out. Right. <laughs> I was like this is not healthy at all. For but me, yeah. for me when it got unhealthy is it was like during I guess the last election And people just had this attitude of, if you're not informed about everything that's going on, you're a bad person. Yeah. And like, you're being like willfully ignorant. And so I got this like complex where it's like, Mm -hmm. if I didn't know everything that was going on, then like, I felt really bad. And like, I was like, you know, like a bad person, I was doing the wrong thing. And so I was just obsessively consuming 
yeah, information yeah. just in case I didn't know about something that was happening. And then someone asked me and then I seemed like I was like being ignorant or like, yeah. I, you know, cause also people, it's so funny because people like don't want to hear porn stars opinions on things, but then everyone asks us our opinion on things constantly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so it's like, I, you know, for a long time, I'd just be, you know, like, I don't have enough information about this to form, right, right. you know, like, a, well, cause also I'm a like philosophy person and yeah, they teach yeah. you those kinds of things. So I'd be like, you know, I don't have enough information about this to form, you know, a valid opinion or a solid opinion on this topic. That right. was not acceptable anymore. It's like, well, you better get the information. You better form an opinion or yeah. else, you know, on these, you know, and not even just things in the U.S., but like international events, like stuff yeah, yeah. that I would have never known about, you know, like now I have to be informed about everything that's going on yeah. all the time. And it's like my brain, like there's so much <laughs> like where are my Monty Python quotes going to go No. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. Like this parrot is not dead. But yeah, the. um. <laughs> Oh my God. That is kind of interesting. Like, cause I think, I mean, I don't really give a shit about what someone does as far as their career as, as opposed to, I mean, in relation to whether I care about what they think about something. Right. Like you being like a porn star who happens to be intelligent does not like, that doesn't conflict to me. Right. But, yeah. That, that's kind of been my whole thing is I'm like, the i i'm a person of contradictions yeah like i'm a porn star but i'm also religious and i'm a bimbo but i'm also intelligent <laughs> and educated and people yeah. are like what you know that's not supposed to that's not supposed to happen my that my box that i put mm -hmm. porn stars in is broken like yeah people hate that so much and i'm like good hate it die mad it's, about it <laughs> there's the best mentality to have for sure like i've gotten i think as i've gotten older which again still super young and pretty dumb in most ways but and full of cum well <laughs> yeah pretty much you know in in uh multiple situations but uh no i'm good but um i have gotten way more comfortable just saying i don't know mm -hmm. whereas i used to that that was like my biggest fear so like i grew up with like a granddad who in a, some senses like raised me who is a lawyer and ridiculously in, intelligent but also super um confrontational like verbally right. confrontational and if you brought up something and didn't know every single thing about it he yeah. did and was going to just rip you to pieces yeah so like you I've have always, to defend your position no and, matter what yeah. and this is like starting at like eight nine ten years old like yeah. yeah so you know i had this just crippling fear of like not knowing the answer to something or not being able to like give my you know point of view right but an intelligent point of view right and now i have just gotten way more comfortable being like yeah i don't know or not even caring like right just being like yeah who gives a shit like politics doesn't interest me anymore i i mean i'm really like dis uh i guess disenfranchised yeah. by all of it i just kind of i'm fine with like wanting to learn things that are just interesting to me not things yes, that i probably absolutely. need to learn yeah. Absolutely. Well, and you know, isn't winning philosophy knowing that you really don't know anything? <laughs> the Socratic method. <laughs> I think it's the Socratic method, isn't it? That was like Socrates kind of thing was basically yeah. like, like, shut up or else you'll show everyone that you're not that intelligent. So I, th I believe it's Socrates. That's what I learned oh, from yeah, Bill and yeah, Ted's yeah. Excellent Adventure. Yeah. <laughs> wild, Which actually, wild Stallion, I, greatest band of all time. I, so I used to, I really did have a problem with that because I grew up on that movie, funny story. Yeah. I thought that Alex Winters, Bill from that movie, I thought that was my dad because he, my dad looked like that, talked like that, dressed like that, you know? That's and great. so I would watch that movie as a kid over and over. Cause I'd be like, ah, dad is on TV. That's and awesome. so, you know, those names got ingrained in my brain. Yeah. And Beethoven. so- 
yeah, Beethoven, Socrates, Sigmund Freud. And so when I was in philosophy class, I would like, it would take me a minute and I'd be like, wait, which one, which one's the right one? Like, and I would like panic. And it was like a 50, 50 shot, whether or not, like (laughs) I psyched myself out and said the wrong one, because I just like, could not for the life of me, like, remember, like, which one was the wrong one? That's great. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was. Oh yeah. It's a TV room, my brain. That's. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Me too. I mean, growing up just being obsessed with MTV and having zero parental supervision. Yeah. Ooh, did a number on me. Like, I think that every, well, you're younger than me, but you know, yeah. every kid from like the eighties and nineties, like mm-hmm. especially us latchkey kids, yeah. we were raised on the TV. You come oh, home. Yeah. You park it in front of the TV and, you know, wait for your mom to get home. And <laughs> that was yeah. like, that was the thing. And- oh, that's, that's how I learned about, like, I never had like a sex talk with my parents. I had a very minor one and it was like my dad, my dad one time asked me if I knew what a condom was. And I just said, ugh. And then he just walked out. <laughs> <laughs> there it was. There was our sex talk. But like, I learned everything that From I. TV. Yeah. Well, specifically from Howard Stern. Oh <laughs> no! Not a great. I mean, there's a lot of unlearning I've had to do. But I like, learned. I learned yeah. a lot from Loveline. Oh my God! That's You're what the I greatest learned human a being lot. ever. I, <laughs> that, learned, I learned a lot from Loveline. I did too. Howard Stern and Love. I was just going to say that in Loveline. Yeah, Doctor <laughs> Drew and Adam Carolla. Yeah. Definitely, like Howard Stern. I got the more like raunchy side yeah, of it. yeah yeah which was super attractive to like you know because i would be watching or listening to howard stern and he'd have like you know porn stars and strippers yeah. and people in there so i'd be watching it as basically just being like my version of porn because we right. have like no internet um and then loveline i felt like oh i'm actually like learning something yeah that was my that was my real sex education and really yeah forcing me to think about well, why, why do I like this? And why yeah. am I attracted to this? And I know that their advice was not perfect, you know, like uh, the narrative about them, you know, has changed over the years. Yeah. But at the time, I mean, that was kind of the best information you could get. I also yeah. one time found it was like real late at night and there was an episode, a sex ed episode of Bill Nye the Science Guy really and i want to i want to find this episode again i have not encountered it since that's but there is a sex ed episode of bill nye that they played one time i caught it like late night on pbs or something and that that was a that was eye-opening for me i could not believe that yeah bill nye said that but yeah i i I know my mom tried to kind of had to have a sex talk with me Mm -hmm. but my mom wasn't very sexually liberated so like you know i remember being like mom what do you you know like what about blowjobs and she was like that's dirty you know like don't do that that's that's yucky and i was just like okay (laughs) yeah it's like carrie's mom like yeah, dairy. you know that. <laughs> yeah, that's dirty. But the the advice, wow. the best advice that my mom gave me that I never followed, with that you know. But I mm-hmm. I did think was smart, and I've given to other people is she said, you know, don't have sex with anybody that you go to school with. Wait until you're oh. out of school because then if it something goes wrong, then you got to see that person all the time. Yeah, and it's weird. Yeah. And I, you know, but I already had like a secret boyfriend who I I dated the same guy all through high school. So I, you know, I was like, you know, well, but I'm going to marry this guy. So that's silly. (laughs) But, you know, but later on, I was like, dang, that was was really smart advice. That is. People should use that advice for their jobs. And, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's shit where you eat. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of, I kind of did that. Like I never dated or had sex with anyone I was in school with. And like, mostly it's because I went to the same school with the same people from like kindergarten up and I was weird as hell. (laughs) Man, like I go back and think about like, every time I take a shower, I immediately think about (laughs) crazy shit i did or said when i was in like second grade it was like should have had me looked at by like a psychiatrist like i mean this how the schools like even just let the things i would say slide like amazing 
But yeah, the, the yeah. kids these the kids these days they call that cringe. And my entire cringe. childhood is cringe. Oh, like, so absolutely same. I yeah. that's why I don't sleep at night. Because yeah. every time I go to sleep, my brain is like, remember that really embarrassing thing you said in the fifth grade? Uh, Let's think about so that. so bad. And I was like super overweight, which. Me yeah. Too. yeah, I was real yeah. overweight in elementary school. And yeah. I which, think into middle school. Yeah. And, you know, there's no problems that ever come from that. So. No. Nah. <laughs> well, so I was I was overweight and I had very big, like curly afro. And so oh, just everything okay. about me was really large and yeah, like right. goofy. Yeah. Uh, like when we'd play Spice Girls, I always had to be Scary Spice because oh, I was well, that's the a weird one, one with big hair. But I wanted to be Baby Spice. <laughs> wow. So uh, Mel B yeah, is the hottest one, a hundred percent. I definitely appreciate it more now, but yeah. at the time, I, I get it. You know, a, yeah, I, you don't want to be scary. Like, well, spice. You're weird, so you have to be scary, and yeah. you know. I was, but yeah, no, I was I was a very weird kid, very you know, yeah. very cringe for so. sure. And I never grew out of it. I'm still weird. <laughs> oh no, I'm still. I've just gotten. I mean, I know exactly what you mean. I've just gotten so much more comfortable with it to where I don't care that I'm weird. I don't care that I'm like like because as, as a kid, like a growing up in like super small town in Texas, it's pretty weird to be into like Marilyn Manson and Nine Inch Nails. But yeah. I was obsessed with them. It's actually like the second episode in a row I've mentioned my obsession with Marilyn Manson. So I don't know what that says. But I mean, I was like as a six, seven, eight year old, like obsessed with him, obsessed with Nine Inch Nails, Rob Zombie, you know, Slayer, like yeah. pretty intense shit for like a little kid, especially when everybody else is listening to like goddamn Garth Brooks. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, they're all looking at me like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And now I'm just like, I mean, now it's like cool to be like that, which is really infuriating. Oh, man. So that's something that I rant about all the time. I mean, no longer a fan of Marilyn Manson, you know, for obvious Understandable. reasons. But yeah. <laughs> I used to be so in love with him yeah, and very obsessed with him. But, you know, it, especially the last few years, mm -hmm. it has been so weird for me for like my niche interest to be right. popular so things yeah. like bimbofication a few mm -hmm. years ago no one had heard about bimbofication even like mm -hmm. in in the fetish scene people didn't know you know in the community people didn't know what bimbofication was and now it's like bimbo core is a genre of music and yeah, you know right, like right. everything you know like bimbofication is super normal and mm -hmm. You know, things as simple as like, I have an acrylic nail fetish. And I used to, even back when I was in high school, I'd have these very long acrylic nails and yeah. you couldn't find like content like that. I used to have to go mm. on like weird CD forums to see pictures <laughs> of ladies with long nails. And now everyone's got long yeah, ass yeah. nails. It's totally normal. And, yeah. you know, and yeah, being goth, you know, or being, you know, any sort of subculture is now yeah. very normal being, you know, a witch, you know, into yeah. Wiccan is very sure. normal. All of that underground stuff is super out there and mainstream. And I'm like, when, what, when, and why, yeah. and why not when I was into that and it made me like a social pariah, you know, but I, I would have been a trendsetter. I would have been, yeah. you know, like yeah. I would have been the coolest shit back in the day. And so my husband, he always laughs because he's like, everything that you do is popular like eight years later. That's <laughs> and he, amazing. You yeah. know, he, because uh, <laughs> I would always say that, you know, and he would always act, you know, he's like, oh, you know, like it's a conspiracy, you know. <laughs> but then he was, he's been with me. We've been, we've been together for like 15, almost 16 years. And he's yeah. like, no, now I've seen it with my own eyes. Like everything yeah. that you do becomes popular way after you're into it by the time that's, i'm like not even interested in anymore like it's yeah. popular but i also don't like anything that's popular because i was a goth kid so right yeah. as soon as it goes mainstream on the one hand i'm like well it's easier to find that's great but on the other hand i'm like man not everyone likes it so right no no 100 <laughs> percent agree like this whole thing with that like wednesday show mm -hmm. has bothered me so much because one the show i mean i've tried watching it's fucking terrible as far as i haven't I mean, seen it it's garbage but like 
my like niece is into it and wants to like start dressing like that and shit. I'm like, do you understand? Like, and it's cool because all the other girls that are like her age are also doing it. I'm like, do you understand like how much like ridicule you would have gotten in like 2000 if you were dressing like that? Because yeah. I, I mean, I got, you know, I didn't go full on like goth as far as like dressing. It was oh, more just I the did. music. Yeah. I mean, I did, more into like my teens kind right. of right yeah 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 um but even still not that much it was more like a hippie goth thing gotcha. and then i also dressed like fred durst for a little bit <laughs> which is yeah well, that's and not... now he's like popular again i never yeah. thought i'd hear about fred durst ever again and yeah. now he's like everywhere it's deserved people have shit on fred durst way too long and look i'm i think i might be the only one on that hill uh you know stick it up for old freddie d but Man, the dude, I I fucking love that dude whenever I was a kid. I thought he was the cool, like him and Marilyn Manson were like the coolest people on the planet. And now, oh no. God. Well, Marilyn Manson, you know, for obvious reasons, has yeah. dropped. Fred Durst, seemingly, probably a pretty all right guy. I mean, I've never heard anything bad about him other than just people thinking he's a douche. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I haven't. I never heard anything about Fred Durst. Yeah. Until you, recently, and then I hear everything like about Fred Durst all the time. I'm like, I know <laughs> it's the you know, limpassance, <laughs> like it's coming back. <laughs> God, so you know, and I mean, if this is like way too personal, we'll skip it. But like, with being super into philosophy, because this I'm just asking because this is something that's been a thing for me. How do you like weigh? philosophy and then like because you said you're religious mm -hmm. so like do you see it like are, is it conflicting to you because i just grew up not being religious at all and still i i'm not but like the more i get into philosophy like the more unreligious i am if that makes sense yeah and i think that happens for some people it was just kind of the opposite for me so mm -hmm. i had been religious and obviously there were like philosophical aspects but i didn't know what philosophy was right. i i had never heard of philosophy and i went when i was in high school i took a comparative religions class mm -hmm. or, or i think it was comparative mythology okay. and it was amazing to me how all of the stories throughout mm. time, throughout every religion were essentially the same at the yeah. core. And to me, yeah. that seemed like a stronger case for religion in that we all seem okay. to have these universal ideas and these universal truths of things that were important to us as human mm -hmm. beings that you know cultures and societies that never interacted with each other somehow all came up with right and or you know then later when you know things intermingled everybody connected with mm -hmm. and so i wanted to look into that more so when so when i went to college the first time I did not know what to pick. I was just like mm -hmm. a liberal arts major and I was like majoring in like everything. It was like theater and marketing and uh, graphic design and you know, like something else, yeah, like it yeah. was just random. I didn't know what to do. And so, uh, and that's when I met my husband. So I ended mm -hmm. up leaving college cause I wanted to have sex with him instead of going to class. And nice. so like, you know, kind of started modeling, was on that path and uh eventually decided to go back to school and i was just hanging out in the building um because my mom worked there mm -hmm. and i was just wandering around and they had this big like wall up of all like the classes they were offering in like mm -hmm. the sociology anthropology philosophy and so i was kind of going through and i was like looking like oh that's interesting and that's interesting and oh that sounds pretty cool i'd, I'd take that one and I tallied it up and they were all philosophy classes. Yeah, and so yeah. kind of on a whim, not really knowing what philosophy was, I was like, you know, I'm going to major in this here philosophy. 
and I'm going to go back to school because that seems interesting to learn. Yeah. And I feel like maybe I'll stay in school if I'm interested in the stuff I'm going to learn. Yeah. And so I did and I was dope at like I was like yeah, straight yeah. A student. Um, yeah. And I mean, honors and everything mm -hmm. like so I uh, I was like, OK, you know, like this is apparently my thing. I'm I'm a philosophy person. And so um, my views got expanded as far as like, I'm not very dogmatic okay. in my religion. I'm not like, this is the one that's right. Because right, I'm like, right. well, they're all kind of the same. So, yeah, you know, like I don't see a whole lot of different. And so I just think, you know, when I advise people, I just say, you know, kind of go what feels right to you and what makes sense to your soul. Because mm -hmm. that's what spirituality is. It's, yeah. you know, I, so I say like, like my social religion would be Christianity because okay. that's the church that, well, I went to a non-denominational church, but it was non-denominational Christian church. Yeah. And so that's my social religion. That's the religion I was raised in. And if I want to go to a potluck or whatever, that's where, you know, like yeah, that's where yeah. I would go. <laughs> but my spiritual religion is more Unitarian. And if I was going to like pick one that most, aligned with my views, it would probably be like Jainism. Okay. So, you know, it's for me, it's more about, you know, religion is just like an interpretation of these core ideas that we all mm. share. So look at which ones sound right and like right. feel right to you. And it might be a little bit from here and a little bit from there. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. As long as it's helping you live your life well, and yeah, yeah. you know not doing harm to yourself and others then like you know if that if it's working for you if it's doing something for your life then like you know yeah. sweet have you looked into like baha'i i mean mm -hmm. you know that it, so like i mean that's what like the baha'i faith is is basically like every single prophet of every religion comes from the exact same god and that they're all just basically different versions of that god so basically all religions are right yeah and and they go i think like deep like even like greek mythology like they believe they believe all of it's real so like greek mythology egyptian mythology like all of it's real and it all comes from the exact same like singular source and i've always thought that that as a religion is super interesting because most religions are very like um secluded right you know like everything yeah. is like us and everybody else is like the enemy. Yeah. Which, like they're, they're really, very xenophobic. Like Very. And a yeah. lot of that doesn't have to do with the religion. I mean, some religions it's in the actual, right. you know, scripture of the religion, but a lot, most of it's just, you know, like tribal mentality of we're on this yeah, us versus so, them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I definitely, I mean, I was raised sort of Christian never really that hardcore you know never super intense but as i got i mean i just became like super like like a hardcore atheist and then realized how obnoxious i was yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a, that's what i say i'm like any once anybody gets to be militant they're annoying it does not oh, matter what you are into and, as soon as you're militant and i have like now like whenever I was like, I would say like a hardcore atheist, I was like, just all I did was just shit on people's religions. Right. And now I'm like, atheists might be the most obnoxious and it is a religion. <laughs> I don't yeah. care that atheists don't think they have a religion. It's if it's not a religion, it's damn sure at least a cult. It's a cult where like you follow yourself. They have meetups now. Like they have atheist yeah. meetups. So oh, like, I went to one. Come on. <laughs> That's that is where my like turning point of not being like just hardcore atheist came from is because i went to a meeting where they were just talking about wanting to take down because like the city i live uh, like live in was having like a nativity scene and christmas lights and stuff at the city hall and they were wanting to go protest that and i was like dude christmas is my favorite holiday like <laughs> i, I want christmas more rules. of this yeah, like, <laughs> dude, like i'm not like i'm not the grinch like I'm right. not gonna go there and take down Christmas lights while there's like little kids like enjoying seeing right. Christmas lights. Yeah, like that's, I mean, that's gonna traumatize some people. Yeah, for sure. I was like, is this the? They were wanting to put like a life tree up instead of a Christmas tree, where where you're celebrating life instead of Christmas. I was like, 
No, it has to be a oh my Christmas God, is, tree. Is, is this the war on Christmas they've been warning us about? <laughs> it, you know, it's kind of real. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it may not be like, it's definitely not as real as like, you know, Megan Kelly wants you to think it is, but it's a little real. And I mean, it's just little groups like that. And I just walked out of that little meeting. I was like, y'all suck. Yeah. <laughs> like y'all aren't fun. Like you, and you're all just like self-righteous, like douchebags. Right. And then I started realizing like, oh yeah, I'm one of them. <laughs> so, I'm a self-righteous douchebag too. Yeah. Oh no. Oh yeah. I think, I think a lot of Christians are going through the same thing where they're, they're taking a step back and they're being like, oh man, everything's like real weird and toxic right now. And like, am I the villain? <laughs> like, yeah, am, yeah, yeah. am I the bad guy? But yeah. You know, for me, I just, I tell people like, you know, if nothing else, just be open, just be agnostic, just be like, well, if there really was some sort of supreme being, then yeah. like, I'm too dumb to even comprehend what that might be like. Yeah, I yeah. could not even begin to know the will and mind of a being like that. So yeah. I'm not going to try. I'm right. just going to like live my life as well as possible and serve others and be kind and, yeah. you know, be loving. And, right, you know, right. and I, you know, I've talked about this in other podcasts where that's kind of where my religious self and my porn self come together mm -hmm. where I, you know, they, they, people say, isn't that a contradiction? And I say, why? I make a living loving people. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I, I, I love people, yeah. uh, you know, and it's something that I think a lot of people don't think about because they right. have these preconceived notions of the kind of people that watch porn or the kind of people who mm -hmm. subscribe to OnlyFans, even though they're all watching porn, whatever, yeah. but they don't think about that. There are people who are disabled. There are mm -hmm. people you know, with social issues, there are people who don't have the luxury of having a regular relationship. Right. And so are those people not deserving of, you know, intimacy and right. sexual satisfaction and, you know, the ability to even like, you know, I've had autistic clients yeah. who, you know, through me, they kind of use me as a tool to learn how to talk to women. Because they've really? never had that opportunity, that they've never had that practice. Yeah, right. And so I can be there to be like, you know, okay, well, the, that thing you said, you know, don't say that to people, you know, <laughs> or like, that's not the move, that's not the approach, or that's not how it works. Yeah. It, but encourage them, you know, and teach them, okay, here's, you know, the kind of things that are nice to say, here's how to interact. So then maybe they can mm -hmm. go out and do that. Because where else are they going to get that experience? No, where else yeah. are they going to learn that? Right, uh, and they're I, immediately shunned by most. Absolutely, people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, you're weird. You know, I don't yeah. want to talk to you. I, yeah. I, you know, so I think that's something that people don't think about often is mm -hmm. that there are people who need porn and who need sex workers who aren't just, yeah. you know, sloppy guys in their mom's yeah. basement or, or deviants of some yeah, sort. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that porn just like anything else has its pros and cons oh, sure. i happen to look at it as being super positive but i am not like oblivious to the fact that it can be negative absolutely but i think because something has like the potential of being negative doesn't mean it should just be erased but that right. is what a lot of people think they think like they'll take the help half of a percent of people who it's harm like you know negatively affecting it and just only point to that and say see we right. got to get rid of it but i mean hell if i drink you know too much water i'm gonna die yeah like, you know it's it's all about just like kind of how you handle it like i watch porn all the time and it doesn't affect my life in any negative way actually i would say in a positive way definitely makes you more clear-headed like where, where like you, you, I mean, some horrible decisions have been made on my part. When you're horny. Have, <laughs> my God. Like driving out into the middle of nowhere at three in the morning because you think you might have sex with someone. I mean, Same. I've done. Yeah. Where I'm like losing cell phone service. I'm like, oh, I could just be killed right now. <laughs> like, Yeah. And, you know, if I would have just, you know, rubbed one out, 
I would have just went to sleep and woke up, you know, perfectly fine, which luckily nothing happened, but you know, I, yeah, I, lead I, up. I do think it's funny that like people talk about, you know, like, you know, using porn all the time and mm-hmm. it fucks up your brain, but because I do porn and I have to network and market myself, all of my feeds all day long are just porn. Yeah. I see nothing but porn all day long and I don't even notice, you know, like I don't it doesn't, either. I know it doesn't exactly occur what to mean. me. I don't even think about it. I'm just like, like, Oh, you know, like that's a cute picture of her, but whole like, you know, but I'm, yeah. it's not <laughs> making me obsessive or yeah, yeah. You know, it's not affecting my regular sex life. It's not doing mm-hmm. anything. It's just, there right and so i you know you would think if porn was affecting anybody it would be affecting the people who have to look at it all day long every single day for their job but it it doesn't and oh yeah another thing is you know the people who have a problem with porn and they talk about the dangers don't want to do anything to make it better or safer (laughs) they just want to get rid of it and it's like well why not instead fix those working conditions or mm-hmm. fix the conditions that make it unsafe? Right, right. And I imagine, I mean, just from the makes people too I've much sense. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, no, if something makes too much sense, it's going nowhere. Um, no, but like everybody I've talked to, like doing this, like who is in the porn industry, has pretty much shown me that, like. I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't think I had too many misconceptions about it. I've never looked at porn like negatively, but I definitely didn't understand the, like how professional it is. Now I'm not saying that there aren't, there isn't the avenue of like creepy people making porn. That's for sure a thing, but you know, okay. (laughs) I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that's, that's okay, but like, don't get rid of all of it and don't just like blast the entire porn, like concept of porn because there are some like shitheads out there. Yeah. I think a lot of people are thrown off by how like normal we all are. Yeah. Like when I, when I'm trying to get a job or, you know, if I'm trying to work with somebody, I don't send them a message like, Hey baby, like (laughs) throw that dick my way. What's up? You know, I'm like, you know, hi, you know, I'd like to see about your availability and like, I have to, I have to type out, you know, a formal business, you know, email or message to get in contact with these people. I don't, you know, if I want an agent, I don't just show, send them a picture of my boobs. Like what's up? I, (laughs) you know, I formally contact them. I formally contact any businesses that I want to work with. And my correspondence with them is always professional. It has to be professional. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, people don't think about a lot of people in porn, you know, are like nerds or people who are socially awkward or people Mm -hmm. who are autistic and people who are disabled, um, people who really benefit uh, oh god mothers <gasps> yeah see that's mothers. the one that gets people but so they benefit bad. from being able to make their own hours and being able yeah. to take a day off whenever they need to and you know go on yeah. vacation whenever they need to and work nights or work weird mm-hmm. hours or you know being able to decide the type of work that you do things that right that don't happen you don't have that flexibility right. in a regular job you can't go into working at Macy's and be like, I don't want to work with this customer. This yeah. customer is rude. So I refuse to sell them pants. Like you right. can't do that. But important, you can, if somebody's yeah. weird to me, you know, or somebody's rude to me, I don't care how much money they have. I'm going to be like block a clock. I don't have to deal with you. I don't have to be nice to you. Yeah. I decide what I want to do when I want to right. do it. And I can't, I could not get that from any other job. I, I did work at Macy's. I used to be a preschool teacher. I loaded trucks in a warehouse. I worked in a Chinese restaurant. I've done all kinds of jobs over my life and doing porn was the one that I stuck to because it worked the best for me and Mm -hmm. you know, the issues that I have either 
mentally or physically, uh, whatever it might be, it, you know, just made my life function better. And people mm -hmm. say, you know, well, get a real job. And I'm like, I tried that. It did. I, I wasn't good at it at all. Yeah. I, this is what I'm good at. And now, right. even though I'm retired or semi-retired, yeah, yeah. I, now I'm a housewife, but I still, even when I wasn't working, I would do behind the scenes work. I would do, mm -hmm. you know, career co coaching and consultations and account management and digital marketing. And those are all things that I learned from doing porn. So I right. got this like broader skill set because when you work in porn, you have to be your own social media manager and you yeah. know do that all that digital marketing and learn the video editing and the lighting and the booking and the everything. You're a whole one man production crew yeah. if you if you're doing content. Right, right. Now you know, like obviously, if you're doing studio shoots, that stuff's handled. Mm -hmm. But you still have to do marketing unless yeah. you hire your own PR firm, and that's what people don't realize as well as mm -hmm. when they say, well, that's not a job. Like, like OnlyFans is my favorite one. People say OnlyFans mm -hmm. isn't a job. And I'm like, it is so much a job that people who are yeah. in the top percent have an entire crew yeah. that help them manage their page. Yeah. It's not just one person. It's an entire mm -hmm. crew of people that you hire to help you because it is so much work. Yeah. And, I so, mean, it's... It yeah. is a job like or to say it's not a real or to say porn isn't a real job like, oh, yeah, I mean, it is. You're it is. working and making money. And was that different than working at, you know, fucking McDonald's? Right. Like, it's and not I'm any different. And I'm putting in more hours because I, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't turn off, you know, at a certain point in the day yeah. from the minute I wake up till the time I go to bed. I'm on my, you know, accounts, making sure I'm checking all, you know, messages mm -hmm. and responding to people and uploading new stuff and queuing new stuff to go out. Yeah. And, you know, well, it's I'm working, you know, 24 hours a day. Not, yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, the uh, problem is that people, I, what I think it is for the most part is people who don't like their jobs or who are miserable with their jobs feel resentment for yeah. people who enjoy their jobs and on the surface level it it doesn't seem like there is are people on the planet who enjoy their jobs more than porn stars <laughs> i mean if you're just looking at it you're like jesus they're having sex and making money like in their you know in the average person's it's head they're like that's sure the dream job that way. it right, sure right. seems and that I know way it's not but yeah, it's that, it's really but... not that way. And what I try to convey to people is that being in porn is more like being an actor than yeah. it is, you know, like especially like being an actor filming a sex scene mm -hmm. than it is like having sex in your bedroom. Right. It right. is it is not the same. That's why like one of the most common questions is, well, if you have sex all day, how do you go home and have sex? It's like because it's not the same type of sex when I'm having sex at home, I'm not thinking about, Oh, you know, am I, do I look skinny? Am I yeah. sucking it? Is my ankle good? Am I face in the light? Am I saying yeah. what I need to say at the time I need to say it, you know, and like, okay, I've mm -hmm. got to change positions in 30 seconds. One, 1,000, two, 1,000, three, you know, like yeah, yeah, I, it's, yeah. it's not the same as, you know, when you, you know, are with your lover and you're just like, you know, going through things with passion, but it's also kind of gross and it's kind of, you're not seeing that stuff on mm -hmm. film, even though that stuff is happening too. And you're also right. not seeing on film, you know, the guy can't get his dick up and you're sitting, you know, and you're checking your watch <laughs> and, you know, you're doing anal, so yeah. you haven't eaten all day and you're just like, oh my God, hurry up and come. I want to go home and eat. You know, they're not seeing that yeah. part of it because it's also long hours. There's times where I've yeah. been on set for 12 hours and I was Jesus. doing like, I was doing brutal anal, you know, for hours and hours and hours. It was, you know, it, it can be a very tough job and, you know, and strenuous. And although mm -hmm. it's enjoyable I and I love it, I love it because I love performing and I love mm -hmm. acting and, you know, a benefit. Yeah, the sex is a benefit of it. Like I get to fulfill fantasies that I probably wouldn't in real life. Yeah. Because I'm, 
you know, just that kind of person, I would like things to be in kind of a safe, structured environment. Mm -hmm. And porn allows me to do that. Like, I think it's safer to have, you know, a gangbang in porn where I know everyone is tested. I know mm -hmm. what they're comfortable with, what, you know, their abilities are. I know, you know who they are. I know the reputation. I know, you know, I, yeah, you yeah. have more information and things are, are going to flow better because these are professionals who know what they're doing instead mm -hmm. of just like trying to find a random group of guys at like the swinger club and hoping for the best. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's nice to to have that kind of that kind of guarantee. Now it's more the Wild West now. Now that like there are more content creators coming mm -hmm. in, and you know these aren't people who are professionals. They're just people yeah. who bought a camera, you know, a cell phone or you know, a webcam or whatever. Right. Uh, but that's a whole other can of worms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that. If you like what you're doing, and you, I mean, as simple as this sounds, if you like what you're doing and you're not hurting anyone, then who gives a shit? And that's, like, yeah, that's the biggest thing for me. And I think the overarching me message of what we were talking about, even as far as religion went and yeah. philosophy is as long as what you're doing is not hurting other people and you're not hurting yourself, mm -hmm. then awesome. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. So, I mean, before we go, because I know we're getting pretty short on time, I just some like quick questions like a little speed absolutely round. all right spitfire all right. let's do it all right all right favorite philosopher well thomas Aquinas. is that but is he really your favorite yeah he's my favorite okay. well I'm, okay I, i'll say uh robert trundle because that was okay. my professor and he's amazing look up his wikipedia he's an expert on aliens he's so awesome that's awesome that is amazing mine has always been um uh camus Oh, okay. Yeah. He was actually a big fan of Camus, and I think he actually wrote a book on him. Really? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was, was the most always... published professor of my university by like a lot. He was a he was like a genius. That's awesome. Yeah, he uh, Camus and Kierkegaard. Um, mm -hmm. It's just a little depressing, <laughs> but I mean, definitely as far as like reading a philosopher who like kind of changed how I thought. Or at least opened up how I thought. Not right. necessarily changed it, but um, all right. Celebrity crush, childhood celebrity crush. Well, speaking of Wednesday, Christina Ricci. I did Jeez. not. I did not realize she was my crush for a long time. I was just very mm -hmm. obsessed with her, and then like once I got older, I was like, oh, you know, like yeah, that's yeah, yeah, what yeah. that was about. But I'm. <laughs> I still have a crush on her. She still holds up. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, especially in like a uh, Sleepy Hollow. Oh yes. Well, she was yeah. blonde too. Ooh. I know. Yeah. Hey. I, yeah. Um, mine was always um, Carmen Electra. Really? It's the MTV. You know, like growing was up it? watching MTV Spring Break, and like, wasn't she from Cincinnati? Is she from I Cincinnati? Like, I don't know. I'm from Cincinnati. I thought she was from San Diego. Uh, I or feel like, like Southern every, California. Everyone's but... from Cincinnati. That's... <laughs> uh, that's true. I mean, she may be. I don't know. Yeah, that's. That's a good one. Who's your, what about a crush now? My crush now. Or, or if you could film a scene with any celebrity, who would it be? Oh my God. I feel like it's so like such a stereotype for me to say Jason Momoa, nah. but he's so beautiful. I would feel, I would film a scene with Jason Momoa. Jeez. <laughs> it would I, not take much convincing. He's on everybody's list. Like yeah. man, woman does not matter. Everybody yeah. universally knows that Jason Momoa is on their their hall pass list. Yeah, he's the Pamela Anderson of today. Absolutely. Yeah, which that was another one as a kid. Yeah. So, oh, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad that she's getting the respect she deserves. Now. Yeah. I really want to read her book, or I think she's a book coming out, and I know there's a documentary. The documentary I, just came out. Yeah, I, I gotta. Really I gotta see watch it. that. Yeah, she's a fascinating person. A very Absolutely. like overlooked, kind of like Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton's a very like misjudged person, but yeah, she, very you know, smart. But, but she created used, a character. To, yeah, you know, S same thing with Dolly Parton. Very smart. But Dolly Parton is the, amazing. The bimbo persona to kind of fool people and and make their name because people yeah. take you for granted. They don't take you very seriously, and then you surprise them because right. you're been, you've been making savvy business moves the whole time. Yeah, yeah. See, okay. A little on this line. If you could go back in time, 
have sex with any celebrity, who would it be in their prime? Uh, Leslie Howard. Leslie he, Howard. Who's he was, Leslie Howard? He was from like the 40s. <laughs> but The he's name my, sounds really familiar, but I can't. Yeah, he was in, well, so my favorite movie that he was in was The Scarlet Pimpernel, which also okay. uh, stars Meryl Oberon, who looks perfect mm -hmm. and beautiful in that movie. But I think yeah, yeah. he's like so incredibly sexy in The Scarlet Pimpernel. But he was also in, I think, like uh, the black and white version of Romeo and Juliet. And uh, I think he was in Gone with the Wind as well is probably what he was known. That is, I think, best. okay, okay. I think I know him from Gone, which I've never seen Gone with the Wind just because... It's like a hundred hours long. <laughs> well, and when when I get told to watch something by multiple people and it just keeps happening, it makes me not want to watch it. Yeah, well, because you know it's never going to live up to the hype anyway. Yeah, and it looks boring as shit. <laughs> I mean, most of like my favorite movies are all from the sixties and seventies, like when they started getting like kind of gritty and like intense. Mm -hmm. um, but Dolly Parton is high up on my list of like going back in time. But number oh, one yeah. is Debbie Harry from blondie oh yeah oh my god have you ever seen videodrome i don't think so okay i mean i don't know if it's good or not <laughs> i mean i've seen it multiple times i still don't know whether i like it but she is in it and she plays basically like in a sense a porn star it's like a okay. very weird cronenberg version of it but god damn gotcha. like she is <laughs> um and do you believe in ghosts Yes. And so I was hoping you okay. would bring that up because you were talking about being haunted by the ghost of Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I've actually seen a ghost two times. Uh, it was the same ghost both times. Okay. When I was younger, um, I, I remember I was like getting ready for school and, you know, I was just like, I remember sitting in the bathroom and I was just like, you know, cause it was like early as fuck in the morning. And I was like, Oh my God. And I'm like kind of looking out the door into the hallway and I see, you know, like this woman walk by from like where my room and my siblings room were, you know, back to where my mom room, mom's room was. And so I thought mm -hmm. it was my mom. And so I, you know, I go in a room and I'm like, mom, what were you doing in my room? And she's like dead asleep. And she's like, what are you talking about? Leave me alone. And so I, you know, didn't really think anything about it. And then a year later, same scenario, like I'm sitting there and looking out in the hallway and I see women walk by and into my mom's room and I go in. And I'm like, mom, what are you doing in my room? And she, mom's dead asleep. And so then I was like, oh, you know, like it kind of hit me because yeah. it, it was like I, I wouldn't assume that I saw a ghost. You know, I just thought like, you know, I didn't think anything of it really. Yeah, yeah. But once I saw it twice, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's awesome. But so you never seen it since? No, because we had like moved or, or whatever. No, but no so I know I hadn't seen it since. But I, you know, after that, it definitely made me a believer. Now from being in philosophy, and I actually I took a class called Life After Death, which mm -hmm. really messed with my head uh, yeah, pretty bad. Yeah. But you know, so now I have more of like an open view of like what ghost could be. It okay. could be that, you know, all time is happening at the same time. And what I'm seeing is like an imprint of a point in time that's happening at the same time. You know, so the okay. past, the present, the future is happening. And so I'm just seeing something that was in the past or in the future playing through at the same time as okay. our current time. Could be. I don't know. That's an interesting way to look at it for sure. <laughs> I I have never seen a ghost, but I do not doubt it. So I've always had this thing where like, I'll say that like, I don't believe in ghosts, but I won't say that I don't believe in demons because I don't want one to hear me say that right. and be like, Oh really? <laughs> like, well, I'm about to make you levitate above your bed. I, and, yeah, I feel yeah. like that's been my whole philosophy kind of in recent years is I don't know. So I'm just going to like treat stuff like, okay, just in case this yes. is a thing, like I'm going to, you know, behave this way or like, be right. respectful like you know what like i'm just not gonna piss on a grave or you yeah know, like, there's a good rule of thumb regardless yeah, yeah i'm yeah. not gonna tear up the quran i'm not gonna yeah i don't know yeah. just like any anything you tear up a voodoo doll i don't know yeah just yeah. whatever i'm not gonna do anything that might piss anything off i'm just gonna do try you, and be cool do you believe that children like super young children can see it more than adults because there's this whole like 
basically like message boards and reddits of like people saying crazy creepy shit that their kids have told them and my mom i asked my mom about this because i I was like did i ever say anything weird but my mom when she was a kid said that there were people that lived under their like porch who had like she called them like finger people and they were made like they were like tiny little people and she would sit there lay on the porch look down at them and talk to them for hours which made me just really uh start putting pieces together with the, this old woman but yeah. so stuff like that i just don't rule it out it's the same way you know people think that like animals can see ghosts yeah, yeah, and yeah. cats and dogs uh it's possible because they're you know children's minds aren't bogged down with the same things and so right. that might be why i saw a ghost when i was younger because my mind was Could open be. enough to see something like that and i used to think that there was like a ghost in my mom's closet that would talk to me and i used to you know think all the you know i think i would get like uh premonition you know Mm -hmm. visions or whatever and maybe i was maybe you know i had these heightened abilities um but you know as time goes on and you grow up you know it gets less and less and less because you you know you're punched into that you know little box it's a polar express yeah, so who oh god. <laughs> I mean, oh my other crush. Ooh, my other my other celebrity crush is Josh Groban. I've been oh, in love I didn't with know where you middle, were going with this. With I have crushes. been in love with Josh Groban since Groban. middle school. I love him. Dude, somewhere Josh Groban might be hearing this and he is questioning his entire life. He's like <laughs> Like I could have had, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know who he's married oh, to. Oh, I used to think. I used to think that. Hot, I used to think yeah. I was like, I'm gonna grow up and I'm gonna be in a stage production of The Phantom of the Opera, and he's gonna see me, and we'll be Christine, and he's gonna be the Phantom, and we're gonna fall in love, and you know, Phantom of the Opera is amazing. And then I'm gonna put him in a cage, and I'm gonna make him sing to me. That was. <laughs> That's a good one. See, I always thought like you know, if I ever did, if I ever wasn't straight. I would have for sure got would try to get with David Bowie and just make him sing like, you know, ma- major tone, like space oddity to me, oh, like every yeah. morning, like as I wake up, but he's dead. So, you know, that'd be illegal. But Oh my gosh. So funny story about that. I know we're like running out of time. I know, but I know, I know. But well, when David Bowie passed, so David Bowie and Alan Rickman passed, like, you know, very yeah. shortly. And oh. it, so there was like this guy that I had like, been into for like a couple years but it like never worked out like he had a girlfriend or you know it was just always something and we finally hooked up and it was like mm-hmm. the next day like alan rickman was dead and then like we hooked up again and the next day david bowie died and i was like we it's cannot your fault. have sex all the like old british guy icons are dying because Jesus. of our love like we can't. did you stop no thankfully they Thankfully, it was our, we just started doing anal and that fixed everything. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that well, you know, it is a cure all. So <laughs> yeah, I was I was trying to think in my head. I was like, who else died that year? Hey, I think George Michael died that year. So maybe it is because y'all were doing anal. <laughs> Sorry, George Michael. But, Sorry, yeah. George Michael. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, I, I mean, I know we're going way over time, but. I don't well, I'll just have awesome. to come back. This is amazing. So thank you so much. And before we go, anything you'd like to promote, where can people find you? All that good stuff. All right. So like I said up top, yeah. almost all of my social media is Rev Ariel, R-E-V-A-R-I-E-L-L-E. And you can find me on, you know, Google Ariel Aquinas, A-Q-U-I-N-A-S. And uh, I've been doing a lot of sexting. I've been on Sex Panther like constantly. For some reason, that's just like my favorite thing to do. So if you want to hit me up, get on Sex Panther, send me a message. I'll send you a picture of my new boobs, which I have not posted publicly anywhere. So if you'd like to see my new my new boobs, <laughs> come check me out on Sex Panther. Uh, you know, many vids, Pornhub, OnlyFans. Even though I don't use OnlyFans very much because They've really made it difficult to use uh, in in recent months, but yeah, come find me. Let's talk. Let's chat. Let's hang out. Uh, but if you ask me philosophy questions, you have to pay. 
Fair enough. Pay for my philosophy education, damn it. I still got student loans. Yeah, that's a great way to get it paid off for sure. Like, I will send you a picture of my boobs while I talk to you about uh, Soren Kierkegaard. That's what I was about to say, Kierkegaard. Yeah, it, it's the one that, you know, it fits. Wittgenstein yeah. and vagina. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Let me. Well, thanks, Cody. Absolutely. Absolutely.